1: Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. It is a Wednesday edition of the show, and we are finally to an episode where we can break down a regular season game for the Bucs against their opponent, which this week it happens to be the Minnesota Vikings for week one where the bucks travel to minnesota for the game we'll break down this whole matchup we'll also talk about uh some recent bucks news some players that weren't there today and a lot more i'm your host matt matera joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterport.com sr scott reynolds and scott i got a simple question for you are you ready for some football
0: yes yes matt i am sorry i'm um i'm just guzzling a, a celsius here real quick uh Little product placement here, Steve.
1: Love it. It's
0: the cucumber line, Matt. You got me turned on to it. I, You know, I, I went for it. Right um, <laughs> yeah, I, I went for it many uh, months ago, and then you got on this kick, and now I'm, I'm back on it too. So Wednesdays, it's a double Celsius day, folks. It just is. Um, but we're excited to, to break down the Bucks' week one season opener against the Minnesota Vikings on the road. It's going to be a tough environment up there. Seventy three thousand Vikings fans, full throat skull at Bank of America Stadium. So it's uh it's gonna be a, for a it's gonna make for a fun game. Um I like the, the Bucks actually upsetting the the Vikings in week one.
1: Interesting. They are yep. a uh, six and a half point favorite. So
0: with the Vikings or the Bucks?
1: The Vikings are six and a half. Yeah, okay. Favorite. I was gonna yeah. say, yeah,
0: the Vikings are the favorite, yeah. So yeah. I, I like the uh the underdog here. In Tampa Bay. I, I, I just think Dave Canales' offense is a little bit of an unknown. I know Brian Flores is he's a damn good defensive coach. And this is going to be a big test right off the bat, the chess match between Dave Canales and Brian Flores, right? The unproven offensive play caller, the veteran defensive play caller. He's he's in a new system now, and yeah. with a new team, Brian Flores is. Does he have all the pieces he needs or wants to really run his defense? That remains to be seen. But uh, we'll see how the chess match chess match works out. I do like the the um, the surprise element that the Bucks offense can present the Vikings in Week One, and I think Todd Bowles' defense is ready to uh, take on uh, a Dalvin Cookless Minnesota Vikings offense.
1: Right. So that's actually one of the first things that I am most curious about when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings, because they had and the Bucs are in the middle of their own situation with the star player that may not be here after this season. But they obviously had a a a big change at the running back position when, you know, they let go of Dalvin Cook, who's now with the New York JETS. So Alexander Madison is the guy in the backfield for the Tampa, uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. So
0: um,
1: definitely a change there just in terms of who's going to be your lead guy. And, you know, Minnesota obviously has a ton of talent. We'll talk a lot about Justin Jefferson on today's show, but for a while, Dalvin cook was the guy that did everything for the the Vikings over the past couple of seasons. Now, obviously since coach O'Connell came in and, and became the head coach for the Vikings, things have changed a little bit. But for a team that needs all of their components to work together, because Kirk Cousins is a talented quarterback, but if he's throwing it, I think, 50 to 60 times in a game, I don't think that's going to bode well for the Vikings at all. So they are going to need to establish the run, and that's been the big focal point for the Bucs this this training camp of, we want to get back to that dominant defense that stopped teams from running it, for the entire game. I mean, Levante David spoke about it. Devin white did as well. And a couple of the interior defensive linemen. So, I mean, I think that's one of the top matchups to really look at when you, uh, when you talk about this game.
0: Yeah, it really is. And, and I, I do think that, that when, when, when you look at this Minnesota Vikings team, they won so many games last year that were down to the wire within one score. And, and, you know, as, as Todd Bowles addressed this, uh, within the, the last week, it's a credit to the Vikings because there is an art to learning how to win ugly or learning how to win close games. And, and so th- that is something that that you can draw on that experience. Hey, we've been here before. Let's not panic. Right. Let's come back. They want some fluky games. That Buffalo game was as fluky as it comes. Yeah. They had the greatest comeback in NFL history against the Colts last year. Uh, on one hand, you could say uh, a terrible first half. They probably should have lost that game to a really bad Colts team. How much credit do you give them for coming all the way back to beat a bad Colts team? Right? I mean, it's, it's a double-edged sword. You get the credit for coming back to win, but you shouldn't have been down yeah. that much in the first place. So I, I think there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors I about agree. that 13-4 and four Minnesota Vikings team. And it's one thing if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pewter people. And you have the Dallas Cowboys come in and beat you in your own place and, and whip you pretty good, 31-14 in the playoff game. And as Todd Bowles talked to Rick Stroud, he just kind of said, Hey, we kind of maxed out last year. You know, he didn't say the team was out of gas, but they kind of were out of gas at the end of the season with a lot of older players on that roster, including Tom Brady. Um, I don't want to say it's forgivable to lose at home in a playoff game, but you could understand, right. An eight and nine Buccaneer team losing at home. That that's that's not mind yeah. blowing. That that's not an upset per se. But when you're a 13 and four Minnesota Vikings team, Matt, and you've got the New York Giants come into town and they whip you in your place in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, that was that was an upset. That was something that shouldn't have happened.
1: Yeah, not only that, I mean, the final score of that game was uh, 31-24 in favor of the G-Men. But it's funny you mentioned the Dallas Cowboys because you talked about smoke and mirrors. And I think almost the perfect example of why the Vikings, at least in our outside opinion, can't be trusted. That was one of the marquee matchups later in the season. It yep. was it was on November 20th. So we're talking about the third right. fourth quarter of the NFL schedule. You want to talk about a whooping. They lost 40-3. Yeah, forty to three on a nationally televised game. It was such a bad game right. that by the start of the fourth quarter, whatever network they were on—I don't remember if it was CBS or Fox—they changed it over to the other game that was going on. That never happens when the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> are playing because whether you love yeah. them or hate them, and a lot of people hate them, especially here. Yeah, um, people—it's it, eyeballs to the screen. So the fact that it was that bad of a showing by the right. Vikings, it leads a lot of. A lot of questions about that team, and then obviously losing the playoffs as well. We do have a super chat from LDBC's Most Wanted, so thank you so much for this 499 super chat. Uh, they say, Saludos, PR. I feel like Ryan Neal isn't getting enough love. Young, physical, and long. He's 6'3". We haven't had a safety that size in years. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, you know, he's he's one of the guys that's kind of Flown under the radar a little bit, right? I mean, we've we've talked about some of the newer pieces, right? We've kind of gushed over the the Sean Tucker's and and the Trey Palmers, the the rookies that have really shined, you know, Yaya Diaby, you know, and and how how he looks like he could become the real deal with a little bit more seasoning and experience. And then, of course, Baker Mayfield, right? That's kind of been the story. The Bucks are replacing yeah. Tom Brady at quarterback, and and he beat out Kyle Trask. Brian Neal's been one of those guys that. It's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. I think it's a great pickup by Jason Light. One-year prove-it deal. And we'll see. Remember, this was the, the guy that was the, the pro football-focused top-graded safety last year with Seattle. Yeah. And he's in a one-year prove-it contract. Usually brings out the best in players, just as Shaq Barrett in right? 2019. Mm-hmm. 19 and a half sacks. Uh, I think he's been a great fit for this defense. And he and, and, and Antoine Winfield have been as joined at the hip Everywhere you go, within the building, at the practice field, the locker room, wherever, those guys are joined at the hip just as much as Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean are. So I think I think Neil's going to have a, a big impact. And, and as it pertains to this game, uh, and, and again, I have no knowledge of the Bucks' game plans. I'm not sharing state secrets here. The, the media were basically kind of ushered off the, the practice field after the first 20, 30 minutes of practice where they do calisthenics and warm-ups and individuals, all of the team stuff is under wraps. But, Matt, we saw Ryan Neal do a lot of blitzing yes. on first and second down in practice and training camp. And to me, I think he is going to play a big role in the Bucks wanting to shut down the run and get teams into third and long situations where they can rush the, the passer. And either pressure that guy and throwing interceptions, which they need more of, or sack the quarterback, which they also need more of. So uh, they, there's an emphasis this year on stuffing the run. I think you're going to see a, l- a lot of either cover three or cover one. And and that means putting Ryan Neal up in the box for some early run blitzes on first and second down, sending him downhill. And I think that's what he does best.
1: I think what you're going to see with Ryan Neal and his value and importance to the Bucs defense it's going to be one of those things where he's super super valuable to the Bucks but it may not come in the in, in the in, in the score box of yeah. oh wow he's second on the team in interceptions or oh my goodness he leads the Bucks in, in tackles. No, he's going to have right. a sprinkle of double-digit tackles here, a two-sack game and a forced fumble there, a game-winning interception there yeah. as well. I mean, you go back to all of our tweets in training camp, and God bless you because we tweeted a lot throughout training camp. Yes, The biggest <laughs> plays that Ryan Neal was making was, as you said, blitzing off the side, getting yeah. to the quarterback. But you don't see that totally go through its entire culmination because you can't hit the quarterback in practice right. with the quarterback of thrown the ball. And yeah. I think Antoine Winfield Jr., who got hurt towards the end of training camp, he's fine. He's been practicing. He's good to go for the game. Yeah. But I think while Carlton and Jamel, you saw them make some interceptions, Ryan Neal and Antoine Winfield Jr. didn't do so as much. And that's not the end of the world because they weren't right. like getting beat deep or anything like that. And let's face it, Todd Bowles and the Bucs wanted to see a lot from these young safeties yeah. that they had to decide on who's going to make this team. So they kind of already knew what they had with ryan neal i'd also put ryan neal in the category of uh dave Canales' energy like when he's yes when, when he is talking yeah. up at the podium or, or a press conference mm-hmm. super outgoing super fun to talk to so yeah. I, I feel like we
0: discussed great communicator that's yeah <laughs> that's yeah that's one way to, to say that. it
1: that's yeah. one way to say it so i think he got a lot of hype early on but then as the season goes The quarterback competition takes a hold. Mike Evans has an ultimatum for when he gets an extension. So Ryan Neal, I think, will be great. We will talk about him a lot once the season gets here. But his style of play, I think, is better suited for none of this patty cake type of stuff where you can't hit anybody. Now it's real. It's live. And this is time for uh, Ryan Neal to shine.
0: Well said, Matt. And he really could be one of the stars in in week one because – uh, I, whether whether the Vikings do some early down passing or try to establish the run to create some balance that they had last year, the last couple of years with Dalvin Cook, that takes a lot of pressure off Kirk Cousins. Uh, to me, I, I think Neil is going to be very active in this game, especially against the run. Uh, we have a TLR super chat here. Hola, from, uh, Coulter. Hola, what happened with uh, James, Mr. Bucks Nation? Well, uh, we, like any other business, we sometimes have a bit of a revolving door, right? We bring in new people and some people leave and, and um, you know, we don't like to, no animosity. We, we, we've, you know, we've right. uh, we've got nothing but love for J.C. Allen, nothing but love for, for James Hill. Uh, sometimes schedules have some, some conflicts. Um, uh, kind of happened that way with Casey Hudson. You know, we love Casey, uh, Peter report you alumni, know. but um, you know, there's just some sometimes some external factors that play a role in, uh, availability and workload and things like that. So, uh, was not performance based or anything with either one of those right. guys. We we love them. Uh it just, you know, no um, ill will,
1: no animosity, yeah. just kind of different schedules and things didn't always align as as yeah. we bo- both sides wanted to. So,
0: Yeah, exactly. And and uh, I think kind of a, a amicable split, um, you know, in those instances, not unlike any other things with teams or businesses or whatever. Uh Speaking of splits, this one may be maybe not too amicable. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn was not at practice today, and that's that's kind of noteworthy because he fell to number four in the depth chart, um, as we, we talked about with Sean Tucker taking over that number two role. And remember, remember Keyshawn Vaughn was entering training camp as the number two running back, and he has shown improvement. The problem is he's not fast or explosive, and – Sean Tucker is and Chase Edmonds when healthy is as well. So this is a matter of looking at production and Sean Tucker earned the number two job. Keyshawn Vaughn, 17 carries 21 yards. I'm not yeah. good in math, but that's a less than two yard average. That's like a less than 1.5 yard average. And some of those were getting tackled on the backfield before the play even had a chance to, to work. I get it. But, you know, Sean Tucker didn't play with the starting offensive line either, Matt. Not at any point. And no. he was able to rip off a 26-yard run, have a 15-yard catch on a uh, on a screen pass, and just is a faster, better back. And so Keyshawn Vaughn today did not show up for practice, and that did not make Coach Ty Bowles happy.
1: No. I mean, how could it be? It's literally like, all right, all hands on deck. We're moving forward to the, to the regular season, and where's Keyshawn? Oh, he – He's not even there. And uh, it, we'll find out more tomorrow. Uh, you know, Todd Bull spoke about it. I'll play the video real quick. It's a very quick yeah. video. What's his status?
2: Uh, we'll see tomorrow. He's, up. I mean, he's healthy for personal reasons, and we'll deal with it tomorrow and see where he's at. No, it's not an excuse then.
1: As yeah. you see from Todd Bowles there, says it's not an excuse act, absence. So I don't want to speculate anything just yet. I mean, we can point to certain things about being angry that you're the fourth running back on the depth chart. Yeah, but a couple things. Like one, you know, if things don't go your way. Do you just powder? Do you keep working hard and trying right. to, you know, become third string or second string? Two, you still made the roster. You're still getting an NFL paycheck, and yeah. for someone like Keyshawn Vaughn, that is important when it, when it comes to even when you're done playing football and, and you you build those number of NFL years. That helps with like insurance stuff, right. and, and and different benefits of of playing in the NFL, yeah. and Let's face it. If Keyshawn Vaughn is angry now and not showing up to practice when right. he's in no position to be like I'm holding out, screw it, things like yeah. that, how is that going to look after the season where clearly the Bucs aren't going to re-sign him if he's not showing up to practice? There's
0: no one clamoring for Keyshawn Vaughn. There's no team in the NFL right now that's like, oh, good, I hope the Bucks cut him. Sorry, like, like yeah. he was probably the 53rd guy on this team. He made the 53 because of two things. Number one, Chase Edmonds is still hurt. Number two, um, it, or was was dealing with an injury that caused him to yeah. miss the last two preseason games. Number two, he's actually a pretty good special teamer. He can run down there even as a gunner, and probably not going to be the starting gunner, but he he's got experience doing that. He's he's an okay special teamer, but but it's a loser mentality not to show up right when when you you made the fifty three like you said, Matt, and you're not happy about it. You're in a contract year. Okay, then go somewhere else next year for a fresh start, and and you but but accrue your fourth year this year. Get towards free agency and all that. But I'm sorry, there's no transfer portal in the NFL, right? You can't just opt out and join another team. Um, So maybe he's trying to you know be the disgruntled employee, hoping the Bucks will just cut him. I'll tell you what. Right now, I take Patrick Laird. Patrick Laird hurdles people, Matt. Yeah, I, I like mean, that was cool.
1: That was cool. Right? And you know that he's well-liked in the locker room because there was multiple Bucks players on Instagram retweeting on their Insta story the play of Patrick Laird uh, yeah. hurdling the defender. And then right. one last thing about Keita It's not
0: always God. smart because you can bust your nuts pretty good. Let's just be honest, right? When yeah, you hurdle, exactly. if, if if you Actually, fail yeah, on that. Jarrett,
1: Rakim Jarrett learned a lot about that too. Uh, exactly. In the Jets game when he yeah. you know, flipped a multiple times, almost like a, uh, like a gymnast or, you know. Yeah.
0: I'm not saying it's smart, but I love the effort. I love the hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to yeah. try to go over you to get the yards. That just shows me something. So, I don't he know. To, yeah. I, I'll take I'll take Patrick Laird over over Keyshawn. The well,
1: last Vaughn. thing I'll say about Keyshawn Vaughn. Cali Bucks agrees. He should learn a lesson from former Buccaneer running back Ronald Jones because Jones didn't really want to be with the Bucks anymore once right. it was clearly Leonard Fournette's team. And yes, he ended up on the Chiefs, but he didn't really play for the Chiefs. He was yeah. inactive like pretty much the entire season. This year, he goes to the Cowboys. He's already suspended for the first two games of the season. And even though Ezekiel Elliott's not there, obviously they got uh, the the Deuce is loose in Dallas with uh, with Deuce Vaughn and Tony Pollard is is the main guy there. So Rojo's not going to be in this league for much longer no, either.
0: No, no, he's got a loser mentality too, and and so does Keyshawn Vaughn. Honestly. Listen, I praise Jason Light a lot. He's he's nailed more draft picks than he's missed. He has built a Super Bowl championship roster. There's still players, eight players, that have been to a Pro Bowl, at least one on this roster right now, which is more than any other team in the NFC South. But he's no per, he's not a perfect general manager. There's no general manager that is perfect, that has Correct. a perfect dra- draft record. But Keyshawn Vaughn, probably one of his worst draft picks, to be honest. It was a reach in the third round. And with the exception of Rashad White, and we'll see h- how good Rashad White is. I think he's a thousand yard back. Is he a 1,200 yard back or is he an 800 yard back? We'll find out this year. I think it's about a thousand yard rushing season for Rashad White if he stays healthy. But Jason Light has not done well when it comes to drafting running backs. He struggled at the running back position overall. Uh, he inherited Doug Martin and then re signed him, and he kind of had to. He had a Pro Bowl season of 1,400 yards, but it was the bad move because of some issues that Doug Martin had that interfered with his career. But whether it was him, whether it was his first running back he ever drafted in the third round in 2014, Charles Sims, who is nothing more than a third down back, uh, Ronald Jones, who had essentially one good year. Yeah. You know, um, but um, Jeremy McNichols, uh, they waited so long in the 2017 draft. Yeah, hard knocks legend. 2017 draft, they waited so long. So many good running backs in that year. Kareem Hunt was in there as the third-round pick. You know, you had Marlon Mack out of USF, who was decent before he got hurt. They waited till the fifth round to get a a guy that Dirk Cutter wanted because Dirk's an Idaho guy, and he wanted the Boise State running back, Jeremy McNichols, who was terrible as a running back. Couldn't even pick up the offense. So didn't even make the team. So Jason Light's blind spot has been the running back position. Hopefully, hopefully, the one-two punch of Rashad White and Sean Tucker kind of changes that narrative. Because if he's got a blind spot, that's where where it is. It's it's the running back room.
1: If Sean Tucker turns out to be a stud, they're going to be Bucks fans that'll argue that Jason Light should never draft the running back again <laughs> yes. because he's a uh, undrafted free agent. And yeah, with this year's class of undrafted free agents, yeah, Jason Light really knows how to pick them when he has his choice of anything. So I right. would really personally, I would trust Jason light. If I was like, Hey, can you pick a Celsius energy drink for me, Jason? Cause I, I know it. no matter what he would pick, it would be a fantastic pick. So make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius is the official sponsor of the Pewter report podcast. Their newest flavor is the cosmic vibe, which is a sparkling fruit punch. It's absolutely delicious. So is the sparkling lemon lime, the sparkling orange, Scott and I were having the uh, Sparkling Cucumber Lime. Arctic Vibes, my personal favorite. As you can see, there's so many awesome different flavors. Bodega. No, yeah. Sorry, bodega. I
0: came in a little early with that, that's, Matt. I'm yeah, sorry about that.
1: That's a, Hey, listen, Bodega, people want to say it. People are shouting it in the streets and in the comments. So quite all right. Um, no sugar, no post-energy drink crash or jitters. So if you need to know where to find one, Go to the Celsius store locator, punch in your address, and they'll tell you the closest location where you can pick one up at your local Walmart, Target, convenience store, health and fitness store, or your bodega. And once you go to your bodega and you know you want more, that's when you hop online, go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save. And you can have Celsius sent to uh, your residence whenever you want. Get that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Why have one flavor when you can have so many? So, uh, Bodega Bay, baby, as Jay Anisha says. So, if you love Celsius and you want more, have it sent to your residence whenever you want. Week, month, quarterly, yearly. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast.
0: Bodega.
1: Bodega. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right, well let's uh, let's continue on, shall we, with our Bucks uh, Vikings preview. Any other news today? Let's well let's wrap up the news, then we'll we we'll are really kind of dive into Bucks Vikings. Yeah, sure. Let's, so let's
1: yeah, we heard we heard from Baker Mayfield today. Um, heard from Todd Bowles as well. This is the first time that Bowles was able to be asked about the Mike Evans situation with uh, again the line yeah. of the stand about what's going on uh, with with uh, the ultimatum by Saturday. So. Uh, Bulls spoke a little bit about that, how it won't uh, distract the team. And Chris Godwin spoke about it too. And obviously Mike and Chris are very close as yeah. the top two receivers. So we'll get to that video. And they'll, they'll stop negotiating. Can you, is that something where you guys can compartmentalize that and he's still here and practicing and it doesn't change things? Or is that something that impacts him, his position with the team, with you?
0: It doesn't change anything. Mike's in great shape. He's ready to go for the season. He's excited about it. He the business side of football, as we all know. That takes care of itself, but... There will be no distractions going on our part. I mean, I think. So challenging is
2: that? I think we all understand that like, it's a business, right? And everyone has to do it, whatever they, they feel like they need to, you know, in order to like protect their like themselves and and, and their business. And I think, like as professionals, you know, wherever you're here, you go out and you play. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know if there's a better example of that than Mike. You know, I feel like you know you you wouldn't even recognize it, you know, in the building because of the way he handles himself. Um, and again, that's a testament to him. You know, he's the ultimate pro.
1: And then uh, with Baker, he just talked about his excitement, getting to be a starter again, again, going into week one, getting the guys ready. And uh, one of the things he answered was when he kind of felt the offense was starting to click uh, a little bit more and when he would be the number one quarterback on this team.
2: Yeah. Um, It's it's what you work all year for Uh, real things finally here. So we're ready to finally go out and and play somebody else for real uh, and just see all the things that we've been working on to see, see how it comes to life. All the little details, all the off season workouts, uh, the foundational stuff that we've been trying to get installed and just to see how it plays out and just to see how guys handle it throughout the game. It's it's football, it's the highest level you can play at. So there's gonna be abs and flows, ups and downs during the game. And so we're, we're built to handle that adversity and so I'm excited to see how we do. We got into that Jets week, uh, it really started to see all the, all the little checks at the line of scrimmage. Uh, we had the whole foundation and now it's about adapting to what the defense is giving you. And uh, from there, I, I think just took control of it. So I think I think you guys saw a little bit of it when Dave started getting on a roll in that last preseason game. So we kind of saw what our offense is supposed to be, just getting the ball out, taking care of it. And uh, that's when I really felt it.
1: Baker, I'm just curious, has your, uh, has your mental <laughs> approach changed at all going into this week for week one versus like other years when you were the starter compared to now? Um,
2: to be honest, every year is different. Uh, and this one for me, it's had the whole off season to work with, with this group. New offense for everybody, I've worked similar offense in the past. So just trying to learn and not not act like I have it figured out each day. So for me, it's it's now um, going into year six. So act like I've been here, but also still have the young mindset. I always have room to grow and learn, uh, but also take command of it. Be a leader and just show that instead of just focus on the game plan only. Yeah, I have to do my job, but also bring everybody else along at the same time.
1: And then one more thing about Baker before we get to Adam Hamilton's uh, super chat. People have loved the show Quarterback. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins, Pat Mahomes, and uh, Marcus Mariota were featured. The first one, a lot of people want Baker to be in season two. Has Baker been approached before? Is he going to do the show? Well, Scott Reynolds asked him today, and this was his
2: response.
0: Approached to do the Quarterback show?
2: Yeah, last two years.
0: Last two years. And it's just
2: uh, when it comes down to it. I've been, uh, you know, criticized for my commercials, but when it comes down to the season, I'm, I'm locked in. So uh, I think there's a time and place for that. But, uh, you yeah, know, I, I don't exactly love you guys in the locker room and all the cameras around. It's no offense to y'all, but when it comes down to ball, I want to be around our guys and have fun. Thanks, guys.
1: So that's an emphatic no yeah.
0: from Baker right. Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... Alex Scott here with, um, I'm hoping Baker's fibbing on the quarterback. I think he'd be a perfect comeback. story. we'd love to see it. I, I think we would, he would be, he would be fantastic, but I, I respect the fact that he doesn't want to do it and not only turned it down in, you know, you know last year. Right. And I mean, that would have been kind of that Marcus Mariota compelling story of like, yeah, rise and fall. Right. That, that would have been, uh, you know, a uh, We in the media sometimes, and and I don't like it myself. But there is that you know, build them up and rise, and then some in the media love to see people fall. You know, I I don't. I think human beings, it's it's hard enough to live life, right? I mean, life is hard enough. Yeah. Um, Shouldn't have to drag people down. Um, You know, and and as Baker said, I've been criticized for my commercials before, right? I don't know. I kind of like the commercials a little so bit. So do I. I you know, it's funny I think they were like,
1: he's living in the stadium. Yeah.
0: Whatever. I thought those were, those were kind of cool. And those are obviously something you shoot in the off season, right? They don't yeah. affect your, your, um, your day to day preparation, but the quarterback, it does, right? That's, you know, you have quarterbacks, uh, or cameras following you all the way from home to work to game day and all of that stuff. So it's a lot. So for Baker to turn down that, uh, that opportunity, especially this year, is, was good. And I think it's good for the Buccaneers.
1: Yeah, plus he was on Hard Knocks a couple seasons ago. He's, he's probably yeah. sick of it. Maybe, you know, if he went to Super Bowl this year, then he'll do it next year. Right, right. <laughs> um, Adam Hamilton, thank you so much for the 1999 Super Chat. Adam, you were always so gracious. Appreciate Mr. it, uh, your man. Super thank you. Throughout the year. So Adam says, gents, happy football to you both. What's y'all's feeling going into this game? I can see Justin Jefferson having a good day. Parentheses, not a rare occasion. <laughs> but I think if we lock him down, we could snag a win. What are y'all thinking?
0: Yeah, I, I I think that's the case. I just put in the chat my new column that's coming out Wednesdays. It's like an early preview of the the game. It's called SR's Pick Six Preview, and where I basically have got six little points. So I've got what's at stake for the Bucks and what's the stake for their opponents. Like what's the what's the narrative heading into the game, right? What's what's at at stake for both teams, and then the Bucks win if, and then I blur it out a couple of reasons what. What has to happen for Tampa Bay to prevail, and then in the case of the Vikings, what has to happen for the Vikings to win, and then I've got a couple of matchups, and of course Justin Jefferson is one of those matchups, and I'm going to be really curious to see Matt because, as Josh Capo was pointing out in uh, in our group chat earlier this morning, when when the Vikings played the Eagles in Week Two and they lost, right? They started off with a convincing win against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at home in yeah. Week One. And then they they go on to lose in week two on Monday night against the Eagles. And they started off nine and one. So they ripped off, what, eight straight wins after that. (laughs) They were a hot team. Yeah, But they lost to the Eagles in in week two on Monday night. The Eagles have got two very good corners. And so I think what Justin Jefferson, how he was deployed, and and this is what we might see against the Buccaneers with Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, is deploying – Justin Jefferson in the slot against Christian Isian, right? If you want to attack the weakness of this Bucks defense, it's going to be pick on the rookie nickel, right? Pick on the, the slot corner. And not just that, but Justin Jefferson's got speed and size over a guy like Christian Isian. So we might see that. And that leads me to a point that I, I brought up in today's SR's pick six preview, which is does Todd Bowles deploy Carlton Davis in the same manner that he did against Jamar Chase last year does he start the season off saying Carlton I need that same type of performance that you did against Justin or against uh, Jamar Chase yeah do it against Justin Jefferson play cat coverage which is wherever that cat goes you follow if he lines up in the slot you're in the slot if he lines up outside you're outside and and we'll see if if he is deployed in that manner this might be the game to do that now, I would still, because Carlton's not as fast as Jeff, Justin Jefferson, not as explosive, still have some safety help over the top, right? Shade yeah. Anton Winfield over to that side if he's in the slot, or certainly, you know, off to the side if, if he's left or right. It's going to be interesting to see how Carlton Davis is deployed, if it's going to be against Justin Jefferson down in, down out, or if they're going to play that kind of standard. Carlton's on the left side, Jamel Dean's on the right side and maybe play some cover two and help out with some safeties deep. I'm sure Bowles is going to mix it up. It's not going to be the same static defense down in and down out. But if I am Kevin O'Connell, I'm going to want to get my star player, Justin Jefferson, away from Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean as much as I can and ISO him on Christian Izzy.
1: Yeah, it's not just a, hey, we're going to put our number one wide receiver on a rookie corner in the slot. It is, we are putting the best wide receiver in the NFL.
0: Yes. (laughs) Right.
1: Rookie that admittedly had said that he's only played slot corner for one season in his last year at Rutgers. Right. Into the NFL. This is kind of, with all due respect to Christian Isian, and I think he's a very exciting player. This is the closest that you may get to David versus Goliath in the NFL version of just talent against talent. So, and Todd Bowles, we've seen it before he'll go his way. And then if things don't work out, he'll either make adjustments or the next time he faces that team, uh, that's where he really changes and, and doesn't, doesn't do what he always necessarily does. Yeah. I think Todd has to start that from the beginning. As you said, we've seen with Carlton Davis, whether it's against DeAndre Hopkins a couple of years ago, whether it's his blood feud hatred with Michael Thomas, when Michael Thomas is healthy, or Jamar Chase this season. Carlton is up for the challenge. Yeah, he is going against some of the best receivers in the league. And I understand you kind of still want to figure out your defense or your right. defense in general. I think Balls had a good answer today when talking about the strengths of this team, and he's like, "We don't really know yet. We're not going to yeah. know that until four or five weeks into the season." So I get like you want to have your regular base defense of what you're going to run for most of the year. But again, if this is a very winnable week one game against a quote-unquote good team because they made yeah. the playoffs a season ago, why would you let Justin Jefferson and the Vikings take advantage of that matchup against Christian yeah. Why yeah. not put Carlton Davis against him for a majority of the game? Throw Dean on him for a couple sure. of series. Like, it doesn't make sense to me of, oh, we're going to tire out Carlton or something like that. Like, it's the yeah. NFL. Man. Travis Hunter in college football is playing 100 snaps on offense. Right. I think Carlton... <laughs> yeah go from one yeah. side of the field to the other against Well Jordan. let's remember
0: too week 1 is in a dome stadium you're not playing in Tampa where it's yeah. the heat index is going to be 107 right i mean so take advantage of the air conditioning in week 1 and uh, and and have either Dean or Davis run all over the field because i think that's what's going to happen if if i'm if it doesn't happen if if uh, Justin Jefferson is not deployed against Christian Izzy in a fair amount of time which which to me would be 50% or more then Kevin O'Connell not doing his job as a play caller because you want to attack your your opponent's weakness and why not do it with with your strength? I mean that's that's bludgeoning your opponent. So I, I think that is something that that bears watching. And um, you know the other thing too is when, when you look at at the Vikings depth chart, right? Adam Thielen is gone. They've they've kind of yeah. gotten they've switched out a lot of parts, not just uh, defensively, but obviously Thielen was a long time uh, Minnesota Viking. Now mm-hmm. with the Carolina Panthers, T.J. Hawkinson, right? He's yes. going to be he's probably going to be that number two guy in terms of... I would think
1: so, with K.J. Osborne as your your wide receiver, too, and Jordan Addison. But yeah, that's another big question. I think this is where Ryan Neal comes into play a little bit with who's going to cover Hawkinson. Obviously, Winfield's talented, but he's a little bit smaller. This could be Ryan Neal's time to shine or first first moment to shine with the Buccaneers going up against Hawkinson. Mm -hmm.
0: The other thing, too, is with Jordan Addison, I know there's been a lot of fanfare about him. He was a good receiver at Pittsburgh, right? Then he goes to... Play with Caleb Williams out there at USC, first round pick of the Vikings, and they needed another receiver. You, you got to kind of restock that position with losing a, a big time weapon like like Thielen, who was getting a little long in the tooth, right? So you go younger and faster, more athletic here. But the thing with Addison is he had one catch for twenty two yards in the preseason. I'm not saying he can't or won't explode against the Bucks in Week One, but I will say too, Justin Jefferson was limited to four catches for thirty nine yards on eight targets when the Bucs beat the Vikings in 2020, that was during Jefferson's rookie season. And that was later in the season. That was what week 10 or, or 11, something like that. So yeah, 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 it was after the bye week So I, I I'm, I'm not as concerned about, about Jordan Addison in week one, as I would be later in the season. Now, again, maybe I'll eat my words, but I think Tampa Bay secondary can do a, a, a good enough job of containing Jefferson, and then making Addison or Osborne beat you because I don't think either one of those guys. And I know Todd Bowles was hyping up and speaking up the Vikings today, and he loves Osborne as a player, but they don't scare me as much as Jefferson does. You you, you have to kind of take that that Chicago Bulls approach, right? Yes. And it was it was hard to beat the Chicago Bulls in the prime of Jordan, but it's like we can't let Jordan kill us, right? If Scottie Pippen, yes, and Tony Kukoc and John Paxson beat us right, and Steve Kerr nails a game-winning three, then okay. But damn it, we we know the game plan going in. Don't let Jordan beat us. And as you said, Matt, Justin Jefferson, he is the Michael Jordan-wide receiver right now. This guy probably is the best receiver in the game right now.
1: He is. He's unreal. I mean, he's going first overall in a lot of uh, fantasy football drafts. And I, I don't think it's the case for the Vikings. I, I mean, I'm in full agreement. you got to shut down Justin Jefferson, and that takes you a long way to victory. Yeah. Um, But I will say for the Vikings, they don't strike me as a team just yet where it's like if Justin Jefferson isn't producing, then the team has no shot at all. I still do think that they have enough talent out there. And Addison is probably better going up against him now in week one than, you know, 10 weeks from now in the season when he's a little more seasoned um, playing in the NFL. So. That, that's part of the, the big thing right there. I also feel like I know Kirk Cousins is Mr. 1 p.m. or Mr. 4 p.m. And he <sighs> right. struggles in, in, in prime Watch time. In, in that small sample. But yeah. I also I also think that Kirk Cousins can get rattled pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think that's something you saw a little bit. I know we were talking about quarterback before with Cousins. Not necessarily getting hit. Like he did a lot of moaning and groaning and grunting. I think that's just yeah. the nature of the game. He showed that he's a lot tougher than he is but i think you can kind of you know todd bowles is uh you know all the crazy stuff that he does on this team with different looks and fronts or whatever i think Kirk cousins is a little more susceptible to falling for things than say an Aaron Rodgers would be i mean everyone saw the video now of <laughs> rogers in the joint training camp pointing at nolan turner being like you're not blitzing right. you're not yeah. blitzing and then he did <laughs> exactly <it>. i feel <laughs> like bowls can get away with Throwing some different things at Kirk Cousins, fooling him, and then he'll either have to get rid of the ball quickly or make the wrong read. Yeah. And that turns into an interception. So that might be something I'm kind of, uh, might be tuning into is, uh, is the Bucks getting more than one turnover for this game, taking advantage of, uh, some mistakes that Kirk Cousins might make.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing too, Matt, is, is when you do blitz, right? Whether it's Devin White, Levante David coming from the linebacker level, Antoine Winfield, Brian Neal coming from the, from the, uh, from the slot, uh, or even Christian Izziean. I mean, we've seen him come on some blitzes as well. They've got to get home. This can't be Joe Tryon shawinka time, where you you're there and then you you whiff or you you don't get to, to Cousins. If you have a chance, you got to go for the kill shot, and you got to get the guy on the ground. Where you got to hit the arm and force the fumble, or you got to hit the quarterback as he's throwing. Then he throws up a duck, and Shaq Barrett picks it off, right? Uh, dropping in coverage those are the things that you have to do this is not one of those games where pressures well okay we pressured him no this has got to be where you hit him you sack him you you make the ball come out when he doesn't want it to come out whether it's a fumble or or an errant pass Um, that's going to be key because Kirk Cousins is good enough right to stand in the pocket he's he's a tough guy and uh, he'll stand in the pocket and make that throw. And with the Bucks having more speed up front now with guys like like Yaya Diaby, Kalijah Kansi, who I don't think he's going to play, I wasn't a practice think. today. But Logan Hall up front, um, they got to get there. JTS, Shaq Barrett, they got to get there. they got to get to the quarterback, hit him, and really disrupt the passing game. This can't be a hurry game. This has got to be a hit game. And uh, and that's how you affect a veteran quarterback. Hurries won't affect veteran good veteran quarterbacks. Hits will. And I think this is a game where the Bucks pass rush has got to hit Kirk Cousins and really be disruptive in that manner. And they got the athletes up front to do it. There's no excuses. Yeah, they got to get the quarterback on the ground when you're when you're firing your gun and going for the blitz. You can't whiff. You can't blow by the guy. You can't let the quarterback sidestep you. You got to get him, especially for a guy who's, he's not a a statue back there, but he's not exactly the most mobile quarterback either.
1: Yeah, like I would almost say that Kyle Trask and Kirk Cousins are the same amount of mobile, if Trask isn't even more mobile. And Cousins showed that he will stay, he'll take a lot of hits, but he will stay and throw that football. So, again, the hits may not even make a difference. I mean, obviously wear and tear on the body, but... Right. Like, unless you are actually taking him down as he has the football... Yeah. He'll stay in there as long as he possibly can because he'll go screw it. Justin yep. Jefferson's open somewhere. And honestly, that's not the worst, uh, that's not the worst ideology to have. When right. You're a uh, wide receiver. But there definitely are avenues for the Bucs to take advantage of the Vikings and maybe pull off that upset. Maybe win via moneyline, which you can that's put right. on the box via moneyline on uh mybookie.ag. That's right. Football season is here. College football has been going on the last two weeks, and now we can bet on the regular season NFL starting tomorrow night with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions, which that line might change a little bit given the health status of Travis Kelsey. But, of course, my bookie also has their online casino, which is so much fun to do. It's uh, new and improved, and it's here to change the game in terms of online casinos. You can dive into a truly realistic casino experience featuring the latest in slots, progressive jackpots and live dealer action all from the comfort of your own home take advantage of weekly blackjack tournaments and a brand new collection of high-end games for a chance at real cash rewards my bookie casino provides a las vegas experience when the action's in your hands and the best part is you don't even need to wear pants even though i'd recommend (laughs) it so uh your adventure at the my bookie casino begins today with a generous sign up bonus using promo code pewter that's p-e-w-t-e-r and secure yourself a sweet deposit bonus. And that's not all because their revamped loyalty program ensures that you'll be showered with rewards, including free spins, cashback offers, and a host of exclusive VIP perks. The more you play, the more you win. So play anytime, anywhere with the MyBookie Casino, and you can get up to $1,000 with your first deposit bonus using that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. So even if you learned from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. MyBookie.ag. Start betting today.
0: Yeah, I took advantage of my bookie and and uh, I, I was all in on Colorado. Um,
1: oh, let's go! I lied yeah. bet them twice because yep. I forgot to bet them earlier yep. before I had I won other a ton plans.
0: of money. Ton of money. So did in week I. one. And the, the great thing too is after after Nebraska lost to Minnesota on Friday night, in a
2: they, they actually
0: loss. they actually had a line on Colorado Nebraska, and I got Colorado as a dog to Nebraska. Are you? Yeah, kidding I bet me? the. Oh yeah, I bet the money line hard Colorado because I knew that they were going to beat yeah. TCU. TCU is a bit of a fraud this year. I'm just letting you know. And and then, so I'm going to cash in big time thanks to Deion Sanders twice this week.
1: Yeah, so. I saw last they were minus three. Uh, yeah. So credit to you <laughs> you, yeah. when you
0: did. Yeah, I got a plus six. Um, oh. Or uh, plus uh, actually plus two oh three on the money line. I think is what it was for Colorado. So, uh, Mark Fisher SR thought your pick of uh, Luke Edeke as the matchup to watch was quite thoughtful. Yeah. I think it's a big-time matchup because you have, you have Daniil Hunter, who is a big-time pass rusher, four double-digit sack seasons for the Minnesota Vikings. And, um, you know, he's he coming off a 10-and-a-half sack season last, uh, last year. So, to me, I, I, I think that this is the key matchup. Um, Brian Flores... Oh. As a defensive coordinator, you want to take away what the other team wants to do. The Bucks want to run the ball, right? So you sell out, you run blitz, right? You bring linebackers, you bring DBs, whatever you can. You you stop the Bucs and you make Baker Mayfield beat you with his arm, right? And you yep. make this this young, revamped offensive line, especially that right side of the line, with a rookie right guard and Cody Malk and a second year player in Luke Gedicke who's starting his second NFL game, regular season game at right tackle, you make them pass protect. That's how you beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't make them find that balance. Don't make them run the ball. Don't let them get in third and three, try to get them in third and seven or more. And so Brian Flores, I think is going to do everything he can to stack the box, take that away and, and really key on Lou with Daniel Hunter and, and Hunter is a, Damn good pass rusher, good size, good speed to power, long arms. So even if it's a situation where where Hunter is is getting after the quarterback, and even if he's blocked, that, that he's got long enough arms to where he can get around the um, – uh, the, there he is right there. There's Danny yeah. Hunter. He can get around uh, right tackle um, Luke Etike and, and still make a sack. So I, I think that is a big-time matchup to watch. For the Bucks to be successful, they've got to to keep getting into third and short situations, or just avoid third downs altogether and just get first downs on on first or second down. That's key,
1: and that's allowed. Uh, yes, back. it is. If that is allowed. Yeah. You can. Byron
0: Leftwich did not buy into that concept, <laughs> but I think Dave Knauss is. Klaus is Klaus and that's is all good about news.
1: it. It could take you two plays to get the first down, and I think it's going to be a great cat and mouse game between. Dave Canales and Brian Flores because there's so much unknown kind of on both sides with both yeah. coordinators kind of taking over these teams. And, you know, you look at last year with the the Vikings, they were susceptible to being run on. I mean, oh, they, they allowed 123 and a half rushing yards yeah. per game. Dave Canales has got to be licking his chops, rubbing yeah. his hands together in, in, in anticipation of the, the things that he can do running the football and as we've said this is going to be what Tampa Bay wants to establish now will we see it on the right side as much I don't necessarily think though I think they're yeah. at least for the first game are going to ride the hosses on the left side yeah of uh, Tristan Wirfs and Matt Filer but that still means they have to establish that tempo they can't yeah. and they're going to keep trying to run it but they can't right. You know, give up on it after the first quarter if it's still not working. But that that's why the motion, the play action. I'm willing to bet right now the first play of the game for the Bucks is going to be a play action rollout for Baker yeah. Mayfield. And I'm also willing to bet it's probably going to be like a three-and-a-half-yard completion or something <laughs> like that. Right. And you know what? That's great. That yeah. is totally fine because you already got the wheels in motion. For the Bucks going up against that Vikings defense. Oh, all right, Baker's on the move. Damn, there's a right. a lot of different possibilities that can go on. So it's all about tempo. It's all about pace. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, the the odds always say like if you win the kickoff, always defer, so you get the ball in the second half. But part of me wants to see this Bucks offense. Yeah, hey, take the field. Let's yep. get this offense going. Let's get this lead right away. Show that we are different from last season where scoring on the first drive was very few and far between yeah. for that Bucks offense. Let's give our defense a lead and just let Baker bake and let's keep it moving from the get-go.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, first name greatest says Duke and Colorado helped me big. Well, uh, the great thing about Colorado, uh, if you've been paying attention on any of our Peter report podcasts, where we do the immunity financial read, which is coming up right here is they've got the word Colorado as part of their commercial.
1: At AMUNI Financial, we help you live in the now.
2: Drew, Congratulations. How are you doing? We're so happy Thank to you. be here. Thank you.
1: And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future.
2: How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic.
1: I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come
0: up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow today. AMUNI Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Folks, that was perfect right there. We did not even uh, realize it, but Duke and Colorado in the same message. Mm -hmm. And it's also in the Immuni commercial. Duke, you got to come to Colorado. So it works out perfect. What a segue. (laughs) Uh, Listen, folks, if you have not done so yet, here's what I want you to do. I want you to uh, go to Immuni.com and I want you to give Immuni a call at 1-800-868-6864. Even if you have a financial advisor that you employ and done business with, et cetera, it doesn't hurt to get a second opinion, especially in this wacky, crazy economic climate uh, here in this country and around the world. It doesn't hurt to get a second opinion, right? You do that with your health. Why don't you do that with your your financial health and your financial wealth? And uh, Muni does more than just legacy planning. They do brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts for the kids, insurance services. They got over 40 years of experience, folks. Let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Do what I do. Most of my financial investments are with Immuni.com, Immuni Financial. Go to the website, Immuni.com. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864. I think the other thing to really kind of consider uh, with with Brian Flores is uh, there, there's some some weaknesses on this Vikings team and I think one of them and, and this has got to be music to either Mike Evans ears or uh, Chris Godwin's ears but they're, they're cornerbacks right um, you know Byron Murphy Jr. Um, especially a Caleb Evans mm-hmm. Evans got picked on a lot last year uh, coming out of, out of uh, Missouri they, they've retooled their front a little bit they brought in Marcus Davenport from New Orleans to yep. team on the outside with Daniel Hunter. They brought in Dean Lowry, who's going to big run stuffing defensive end to help, uh, as you've mentioned, Matt, that that porous run defense last year. Uh, Kyrus Tonga, big six foot four, 340 pound Vita Veya alike, is their nose tackle in the middle They've Harrison Phillips. They got Harrison Smith. They got the Harrisons, you know, on on this this Vikings defense. They have some pieces. But can Flores in week one put it all together? And, and as I mentioned, that there's a weakness there in the secondary at the cornerback position Patrick Peterson, who was still going strong last year. Yeah, uh, had a good year. He's not there anymore. Uh, they, you know they bailed on on uh, uh, Kendricks, the, the linebacker. Um, so they've, they've tried to revamp it very much like how the Bucks revamped their offense, right? Different system, different play caller different quarterback, right? There's, this is going to be, I, I think it's not so much about Kevin O'Connell's offense versus Todd Bowles defense. I think it's going to be whichever of the new guys, Brian Flores or Dave Canales, if the, is the Bucks' offense going to be better? Can they take advantage of the Vikings defense? I think that's where this game is going to be won or lost. Not so much with Bowles versus O'Connell, but Flores versus Canales.
1: I think that's a great point. I mean, The other sides with Bulls defense and O'Connell's offense, like they're established. You kind of know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. There's different wrinkles every single season, but it's the and sometimes uncertainty is great. Sometimes teams come in with new coordinators and you get new looks that you, you can watch the tape for however long, for however many months and however many hours in a day. And you just don't know what's going on. I saw that comment before by T. Yeah. Vegas. Watch Lewis scene uh, shows up and yeah. grabs an interception. I'm not yeah, even he sure
0: if he's a starter. I I think that it's Cameron on, Bynum.
1: He's second on the on the depth chart at say. Yeah. like second string, I should say, yeah. uh, on the Viking step chart. So, yeah, you never know. Some. Sometimes there's rotations, Sometimes there are guys that yeah. uh, that come in. But.
0: Yeah. And of course, the Smith, that that is a loss, right? Cause he was, he was that one, two punch and I, yeah, you know, Davenport's coming off a pretty good year in new Orleans. Uh, if, if he can stay healthy, Davenport, I think is a pretty good player. It just, he has had some injuries. The bucks know that from, from facing him in uh, new Orleans quite a bit. So, Ah, uh, Tom wants an end around with Vita Vea. Don't think so. Yeah, a full it back it dive on. with Vita Vea, sure. I'm all for it. Uh, I want that guy going north south, not side to side. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if Vita Vea is used on offense. He was
1: um, a couple seasons ago. I yeah. was at the game when he scored his first ever touchdown. That's right. That's crazy. Right. He was in Atlanta, and I still remember like the audible gasps by the people yeah. in the press box when Vita Vea scored. So,
0: yeah. Um, I I think the other thing that's worth mentioning is just going back to the the offensive side and how Tampa Bay can possibly take advantage of it. When you look at, at the, uh, the weakness for the Minnesota Vikings up front, you know, it's, it's hard to say it's hard for Baker Mayfield to come in and and replace Tom Brady, right? It's hard for Alexander Madison to come in and, and replace Dalvin cook. Madison has not had 500 yards in any season Yet, and, and I'm not saying he's not a capable back, right? He's got more yards than Rashad White has in his career, but White is entering his second year, Madison, I think he's in year four. But um, up front, their tackles are really strong. Christian Darasaw, the former first-round pick, is is a real up-and-comer at left tackle. Mm-hmm. And, and O'Neal, Brian O'Neal, the, the right tackle uh, is also quite a bit of a beast. And, and I think that the edge rushers, JTS and Shaq, they're going to be in for a challenge for sure. But if you're looking for a weakness, it's probably, um, Ed Ingram, the right guard for, uh, the, the, uh, the Vikings, uh, you know, he and Ezra Cleveland, Cleveland's the better guard out of the two, but if you're looking to take advantage of somebody up front, it's probably Ed Ingram. And I'm sure the Vikings feel the same way about Cody Malk, the, the Bucks. Yeah. uh, <laughs> Bucks rookie right guard as well. That's, that's gotta be a weakness folks. It's not going to be weak on Sunday. That's right. Cause Peter game day is here. we got Matt Matera and Adam Slavon doing live in-game analysis at one o'clock. So watch the game and listen to Matt and Sly take you uh, all the way through three hours of awesome Bucks game coverage. And then don't forget about the live pregame show at noon. We go live at noon. I'll be on with Matt and we'll be talking about the Bucks Vikings with some last minute injury news and reports. And, uh, you know, and, and all the good things that that come with with our pregame show. We we'll break it down with the latest news as it pertains to the game. Did Kalaja Kansi practice during the week? We'll we'll let you know, and we'll we'll let you know who's going to be in and out of that Bucks game on Sunday.
1: Yeah, very much looking forward to the uh, the live game day stream. It was a lot of fun last season. Will be even more fun this year with again so much uh, uncertainty around this team. Um, we'll yeah. have another you know show what? tomorrow. Yeah.
0: I was gonna say there's a lot of uncertainty too in the housing market, right? And and that's where Eric Gross and the Eric Gross group can come in and help you because the real estate market's crazy in Florida. If you're looking to buy or sell a house, you want Eric Gross and Caitlin Gross on your team. Takes a full team effort to win in football as well as a full team effort to win in real estate, whether you're moving out of state into Florida or out of Florida into another state or just around the state of Florida. The Eric Gross group, they've done hundreds of transactions in the real estate market, and they've got tons of experience. Eric is a Tampa native and an avid Pewter Report reader, so why wouldn't you want him on your side? He and his team have got the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, and commitment to excellent service that sets them apart. You need to visit housesnfla.com. That's their website. View their inventory. It's a great website, great layout. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Eric Gross Group. Give them a call at 513 907 4271, no matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you'll feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, They're the official realtor of Peter Report. Again, visit housesinfla.com.
1: And we will have a uh, another show tomorrow at 4 p.m. to dive into a little bit more about uh, the Vikings. We plan on having a uh, Vikings reporter on to just learn a little bit more about the ins and outs uh, of the Bucks' opponents this week, but of course, uh, and we'll have news and notes from uh, tomorrow's practice as well. Like who's practicing. Um, but in the meantime, please follow us on our social media on X Instagram, Facebook and threads. And of course our YouTube channel is Peter report TV. We're always churning out the con- content. So you never know what we're going to have out next. So uh, yeah, please follow us on all that stuff. Please like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are gaining more followers each day, and we couldn't do it without you, the Pewter people. So that's going to do it for us on today's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Terrace saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast.
0: Out. Bucks win on Sunday.